from HerbMentor.com, this is Herb Mentor Radio. You are listening to Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today is Sonny Savage. Sonny is a wild foodie, filmmaker, and homeschooling parent traveling with the wind aboard a sailboat with her husband and son. Sonny spent a year eating foods only grown within a 250-mile radius of her home and traveled every continent on Earth, and has a television show called Hot on the Trail with Sunny Savage that follows her adventures. She recently re-released her clothing line that is made from wild plants and is working on a docudrama about skills we need to learn to thrive in the future. You can visit Sunny at SunnySavage.com and see her clothing line at SavageDesigns.net and follow her current adventures at thesailingmovie.com. So live from an internet cafe in Panama, Sunny Savage, welcome. Woohoo! Aloha, John. <laughs> Aloha. Happy Dia de los Muertos. Si. <laughs> oh, yes. Happy Day of the Dead. Right. We are one day after uh, Samhain, Halloween here. And um, you know what, Sunny? I just realized uh, this morning that this is like within the day or two of the uh, fifth anniversary of HerbMentor.com. So we Very started. Very cool. Five... Very cool. Congratulations. Thank I'm a you. huge fan supporter. You Thank guys have you. really helped me out in my own personal journey with herbs. So oh. cool. Thank you so much. And so it's an honor to have you here. And it was so cool seeing you at the Medicine of the People gathering in Arizona a couple months ago. It had been way too long. It seemed like I used to run into you every once in a while up here in Washington. And then it's been yeah. a while. It's been years. So I was like, Sunny, yeah. Yeah. So was- <laughs> yeah, that was great to see you as well. It was a great gathering. It sure was. Um, that's at herbalresurgence.org, I believe, if anyone listening wants to check out that cool gathering. Um, so let's see. Um, you know, people will be amazed at the really cool stuff that you're up to right now. I mean, they must be. I think we set the stage that you're in an internet cafe in Panama. I mean, this is the first time I've ever, like, done that where someone's been there. <laughs> Really exotic location. It's kind of fun. It should be a new thing. Actually, I'll just interview it you is fun. every time. I mean, time. <laughs> that's kind of one of the beautiful things about the internet and just the connectivity that we all feel. Um, and uh, so, yeah, yeah, live and direct from Panama. We should just check in all the time whenever you're traveling, get into a new internet cafe, just call in and you can tell us an <laughs> update. Um, let's see. Yeah, well, there's some adventures that are coming up for us. We're going to be on the move soon. Wow. So first, before we talk about all the cool stuff you're doing right now, I want to go back a little bit. I was reading your bio, and you have quite an ancestry, like a long line of adventures. It's, it said on your, it said there that Thomas Savage arrived at Jamestown at age 13. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's like an ancestor of yours. And so how, how does all these, these amazing people that are in your lineage, how's that affected who you are now? Well, um, I mean, it's hugely affected me because I decided to change my name. Um, So kind of growing up with my story of my ancestor my whole life um, of Thomas Savage. And then I just started getting (laughs) into the plants and my wild lifestyle. And I'm like, oh, my God, this rocks. You know, I love this name and I feel like, you know, it's part of my ancestry and so I changed my name to Sunny Savage. Um, and uh, so anyways, the story is just something that I've, I've had with me my whole life. But, you know, it, it, it 
really plays into my daily life. Every time somebody says my name or I write it down, it's like, whoa. So anyways, yeah, it's, a, it's cool. And, and when did you start learning about plants? Um, well, I uh, grew up really deep in the woods um, as an only child. And so I was just kind of out <laughs> running around by myself a lot um, as a child. And uh, so I guess this kind of deep respect for nature and living, you know, within nature and not feeling separated from it was kind of a, something that I grew up with. Uh, luckily for my my whole life, but um, we we tapped maple trees and we would harvest a few berries and we grew you know we had gardens and stuff but the um, the real connection um, with the wild plants and kind of uh, integrating the plants into my daily life at at such a different level through food and medicine and clothing and um, that really started at about Oh, I can't even remember. I think it was around 19 or so, 1920. Um, my mom started getting into medicinal plants and doing some online courses with like Rosemary Gladstar. Wow. And we were, you know, reading Susan Weed's uh, books and, and just uh, getting into the plants. And so she was in doing a lot more of the medicinals. And I just started reading in some of those books that you could eat some of those plants and my whole life just kind of changed. I was like, like oh my God, how come nobody ever told me this before? This wow. is incredible. And, uh, and so it was just kind of this, um, this journey, you know, that was my path, you know, from that point on. That's so lucky to have to start as a child and learning with your parents. That's exactly what I think a lot of people listening do with their kids now. And, and you know, and then we do that with our kids. But I think a lot of folks listening probably didn't have parents who did that with them. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, you know, our, our children definitely learn what we model and experience with them and that experience with nature was you know i had hip you know back to the lander parents and so we were we were like a half an hour drive to a town of 2000 and lived within a state park and so it was very um very much intertwined with nature now, how, do you, how do you do that so, with yeah I, I want to you know share that with my child because i appreciate that and i do feel that it's a great you know move for the future and uh that it is, you know, a necessary move. So, and and how do you share that with? How do you share your passion then with your son? How old is he now? He is nine years old, okay. and uh, yeah, I, we share uh, harvesting plants together, making, uh, cooking food together. You know, I I really try and work with him to uh, have skills in the kitchen and processing and, you know, all the different steps that are involved in processing because that's a, a real skill. Um, and, uh, and then just our lifestyle, the skills that we need to, to do well in our lifestyle right now involve a lot of like mechanical things and, uh, as well. And so those are, those are also proving important for us right now, but the plants are always, uh, part of our life and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so since we're on the topic talking about that, like like what, uh, you know, you're out there and and you're 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 sailing. You're going around. going around the world. You have a what? What do you? What's this? What's what's the journey you're on right now? Well, um, the journey has been just fascinating. <laughs> 
been <laughs> life changing. Um, I uh, for the first year we were sailing pretty much consistently, um, really moving around. And then I looked at my family and I said, I've got to have some plants for a while. I've got to feel the earth for a little while. And, um, so we found a place in Panama here that we loved and we ended up staying and, um, and now we're getting ready to, uh, head back North up to, uh, Florida. So we bought our boat in Florida and kind of circumnavigated around the the Eastern Caribbean, over across through Curacao, Colombia, Panama, and now we're going to work our way north. And we don't know exactly which way the wind is going to blow for us, but um, we're going to uh, work on selling the boat uh, next uh, next June before the hurricane season. For the- And then probably go back to Hawaii and enjoy the fabulous uh, experience that we've had and uh, get our movie, get our movie put together and and, uh, really make that available for people to to see. Is this movie involved you working with? um, Is it more the sailing part of that adventure or is it like is it learning or using wild foods on your uh, on those new places that you're going to or what, what exactly? Well, um, basically, uh, I was sitting with my husband and wanted to, uh, you know, we wanted to sail around the world and I was like, want to do a, want to do a film and we got out to sailing and we didn't realize how expensive it was and, you know, the challenges that we would have. And so we've decided to, to change our plans from going around the world to just mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think uh, what we realized was that I had kind of been into the wild foods, but we were really looking as a couple at like how to design our daily lives in a different way. And so kind of the healing that was needed and was involved with, um, with that. And so um we are incorporating wild foods into the the film um, through showing skills. Mm-hmm. Um, the film is about what skills uh, we need to learn to thrive on the planet in the year 2060. So basically, mm-hmm. we're just looking 50 years in the future. And as we're sailing around, we're asking people, what trends do you feel are, you know, major trends that are going to be shaping our future? And once we've identified those trends, how do we um, really look at what skills we might need to thrive in that vision of the future? And so um, within the film, it's our personal stories. And so, of course, I am personally teaching my son about wild foods and therefore, you know, it's integrated into the film. But it's a larger um, look. It's a, it's a docudrama. So it incorporates mm-hmm. elements of the future and the past um, to really tell a story and use storytelling. And we, we love film. And so using the power of, of storytelling to um, kind of look at um, what skills we might need, and and basically our experience on the boat. What are you? Metaf- what are you finding? Um, these skills are like that people would need to know in that year, you know, fifty years from now or whatever. Like, what 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 are you? What's some what's some a couple of your conclusions that you're saying that we should know? Well, 
Um, we were recently at the University for Peace in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, once we decided that the around the world trip uh, wasn't going to happen for us at this time, um, we thought uh, my husband was familiar with a very cool university that um, has master's programs that are all devoted to peace studies in some way. And so they have two nations that are represented in their student body and so we thought wow you know we're asking people you know we've been filming with the Kogi up in you know the the mountains in Colombia we're filming with these amazing Rasta men in Dominica you know we've filmed in all of these fascinating places and have been asking similar questions but here we had this like sample of people from all over the globe so that we could really kind of try and get that perspective in our film mm-hmm. and so what the uh, discussion groups, we led a forum that kind of talked about our project, and then we got all of the students who participated to gather together and um, get into groups and really discuss what these trends were, and then their their group's way of dealing with those trends, what skills we would need. And I would say some of the overarching uh things that have been coming up, not only from these students, but also from many other people, would be that um, respect um, is a major skill. So it's um, kind of, it's kind of a value, it's Mm -hmm. like a character skill, but that in so many uh, fundamental levels, we have lost respect for ourselves, uh, you know, person to person, nation to nation, um, for the earth, and that respect was this this kind of key thing so say um problem solving uh something that was you know a human being a thousand years ago um you know would need to be a good problem solver as well as somebody a thousand years in the future that at this core level um you know the technology the climate change you know the big the big trends that are happening so there's lots of different ways um uh different specific skills that people bring up that are related to those. But I think that's what we're still really formulating. Um, mm-hmm. That's amazing. In the pre- yeah. I mean, because a lot of people would think you're going to, you know, teach about, oh, we, and it's probably true, you know, to know about the plants around you and medicine and how to maybe survive and stuff. And then I love that you're saying, no, 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 no. We, survival here of all of us means respect and these bigger picture types of things that we yeah we've lost i mean Mm -hmm. it's one thing to lose the knowledge of the plants that grow around you and it's a whole entirely another thing right to lose the respect for ourselves i mean that really hit me when you said that i'm like gosh you're right Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. incredible Mm -hmm. wow yeah it's it's really been a great journey john i mean it's really been fascinating to um you know we were feeling so blessed to have the opportunity my grandfather passed away and left us exactly the money that we used to buy the boat (laughs) now all of all the shit that breaks on the boat, we, we, we didn't, we had a budget for it, but it ended up being more than we thought. But anyways, we had a very, you know, amazing opportunity to do this trip. And we both really enjoy working while we traveling. It just, you know, 
both my husband and I had traveled a lot. We wanted our son to experience that. And, um, you know, we wanted to homeschool. We wanted, you know, the, the boat is a fantastic model for sustainability. Um, you know, unfortunately for us, it isn't sustainable because of all the mechanized parts. You know, we always have the sails, you know, we right. can put them up. Um, so that's, that's wonderful. But, um, anyways, <laughs> the, uh, I want to talk about I mean, something that really blew me away um, when I saw you at the um, Medicine of the People event. I don't know what to call it anymore. Is, is, they don't like using the word conference and it's a thing, the Medicine of the People. Right. Gathering. Gathering. That's what I was thing. I've been using gathering. gathering. I didn't know either. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not aware of the branding yet. <laughs> Um, so what, what blew me away is that you're there, you, you, uh, it was great because you had a table there and I was like, Sonny, my gosh, I can't believe you're here. And you had medicinal clothing with you and I never heard of medicinal clothing. I mean, of course, you know, I've seen people die with certain things and all, but I never, anyway, I'll let you talk about it. I'd like to know your history around this, how you got into fiber and the fiber arts and plants and all this sort of thing. I, I'm just going to let you meander how you would like to on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I brought uh, to the to the gathering, I brought uh, some medicinal clothing. And, um, you know, I really just, uh, I'd love to get more people out there trying this and giving feedback because that's what we really need is, you know, is kind of current feedback uh from people on on how it works and it's kind of you know it's like subtle energetics um used in a balanced you know kind of approach or plan to your to your healthcare strategy but um anyways my kind of personal experience with the with the medicinal clothing um my uh grandmother uh uh, and grandfather and all their five children were living in northern Algeria in the 50s. And um, my grandma, my auntie, my father's sister got sick and uh, she was allergic to penicillin. And um, there was a doctor, uh, a medicine man, kind of bush doctor guy in northern Algeria who was treating my auntie uh, for her illness and and really helped her out and this guy was the kind of the family go-to person for uh, all their medicine needs for their remaining years in Algeria mm-hmm. and so anyways that's kind of like a cool you know past you know experience um, family experience with it um, but I uh, I uh, got into natural fibers um, through a dream that I had to to make clothes out of nettles, and that was just kind of a it has a kind of a longer history of things. But I woke up one day and I had uh-huh. had a dream, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just I really this is wow. what I need to do with nettle." And I looked for many months online to find. Like, you know, where can you get nettles in quantity that actually, is this something like this possible? And um, so I took a trip up to Nepal and hiked for days into the mountains and met with the Kulung Rai tribe, who are the only, you know, kind of active 
you know, practicing culture, you know, around the nettles that I know of on the planet right now and met them, met the plants. And I was like, this is just so rad. Um, I met a friend who, you know, was, I've been sewing, I sewed all my son's clothes and quilts and stuff, but you know, she was like a, you know, like a hip designer. And, um, so, Anyways, I, everything came together for me to start this this clothing company. I bought the the fiber, um, the raw fibers to make into to hair extensions, and oh. then bought um, the fabric in large rolls, and then had a group of women um, in Topanga Canyon, California, which is where I was living at the time, sew uh, all the all the garments. And so we put together this clothing line and um, then kind of life happened for me. I got my television show and then that ended and I met my husband and wow. then I was living in Hawaii <laughs> and now I'm living on a sailboat. And it was just kind of one of these like house cleaning things here. I'd been paying on a storage unit for this fabulous clothing company, you know, for years. And I was like, this is, I've got to bring this to the people. It's time. It was a little too ahead of its time, I think, probably prior to that and mm-hmm. um I wanted to do something new for the clothing line when I re-released it and the medicinal clothing was just really calling to me I had thought about it for a few years and it just felt really right and I you know John I don't I don't have a lot of people who've um worked with it it isn't it's an over 5000 year old practice in mm-hmm. Ayurvastra um which is a branch of ayurvedic medicine so it is a very old practice. Um, I haven't had time to really do the kind of, you know, I mean, I love to research, but I don't have, you know, a lot of internet time. It's just not in my phase of life right now. Right, um, right. But, you know, there's stuff about the Romans were dyeing their togas with medicinal plants. And there were, you know, people over here and people over there kind of doing it. Um, but it just felt really right for me to kind of bring it bring it out to people and um and kind of see what happens so i'm really encouraging people like even if they're not buying something off of my clothing uh line in our medicinal clothing collection um to to practice you know in their own bioregion um you know go to a thrift store and go to the white section and and uh find something or you know just use your existing closet um Mm -hmm. and uh Think about, you know, if you're working with medicines, if you have, um, you know, a plant that also is a natural dye, a color fast dye, to, um, you know, think about it as, a, as another modality in healing. And our skin is our largest organ. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd really love to see people wearing, instead of, you know, satin panties, you know, wearing, you know, naturally dyed um uh garments for their for their intimate apparel Mm -hmm. or you know tank tops things that are close to the skin i think are great and um also things that you know you can just it's it's about setting intention for me Mm -hmm. um and uh and so anyways i do i really do believe in in the power of the medicinal clothing and um i just really look forward to more people doing it so that we can you know start to get feedback from other people um what's an example like well let's say nettle uh, a garment dyed with nettle 
uh, you know, what's an example of of something, you know, with intention that someone might wear that for to help with? I mean, what comes to mind is like arthritis, maybe, or yeah, exactly. So just to clarify for folks listening, the signature fabric of the clothing line right. for Savage Designs is is wild nettle. That's okay. hand harvested, hand spun, hand woven. And so many of our, you know, the majority of our garments have are made of wild nettle. But for the medicinal clothing collection, I started with um, uh, U.S. grown and U.S. manufactured organic cotton clothing. Um, And then I uh, made my large vats of medicinal plant dyes. And so one of the dyes that I chose for this 2012 collection, there's three colors that I did, three different, you know, medicines, color medicines, um, is the uh, nettle. And so I was using the above ground parts of nettle and um, there it's a specific species that I was harvesting in the California, Northern California area. And um, there has been some recent, you know, kind of work with um, nettles in that specific area. So I always find that interesting. You know, it just gets more and more kind of bioregionally specific, although nettles are, you know, pretty worldwide. Um, so anyways, uh, the its particular use in osteoarthritis, they were calling it, you know, but yes, we can just speak in the more generalized term of arthritis. And so um, one of the uh, very few uh, research articles that we have is the uh, um, done in India at an Ayurvedic medicine um, hospital. And they're supported by a much larger university in southern India, India, which is where this tradition is is from. And so they were showing that people who were um, using these medicinally dyed items uh, were able to transfer that medicine through the skin because it was treating things like arthritis instead of just something um, that was topically on the skin like uh, eczema or psoriasis. So, um, anyways, the arthritis was um, the plants that they were using in India, which are different from the nettles. But just to kind of talk, speak to that that idea of the medicine moving through the through the skin, mm-hmm. um, we're we're treating the arthritis. So, anyways, yeah, nettles. I think the great one to really think of when wearing the medicinal clothing is for arthritis, and it is such an incredibly. Um, I mean, I don't know what my you know what what the technical term of chronic would be, but you know we've got very large amounts of people, particularly mm-hmm. in the U.S., um, let alone worldwide, who have arthritis in some form or another. So you know subtle, you know, energy, this is, you know, dealing with kind of chronic issues, you know, it's another modality is the way that I see right. it, another modality right. in an alternative health care plan for someone um, as a potential, you know, way I'd, of... of other, like, another plan example that you, you worked with die-wise or... 
Yeah, we just recently, um, what is it, two or three days ago, we released our second color in our collection, and uh, that is Coyote Brush, which has wow. been used uh, by Native Americans in California, uh, where the plant is native to. Um, it's also found in southern Oregon, but it's a very, very common shrub called Coyote Brush that is... Um, that is uh, used, been used historically and uh, currently uh, by practitioners in the treatment of uh, skin inflammation. So this is a great one for the eczema and psoriasis. We like to keep it general for you know the skin inflammation, but the eczema oh. and the psoriasis um, I think are a great application. And again, getting back to that, those folks in um, India and the research that they've done um, on the use of medicinal clothing, um, that they had a lot of great success with the plants that they were using for eczema. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have something came into mind when you're, you know, talking about this and if a person is using, you know, they get into this and I mean, it's a very fascinating idea and, and, and things that, you know, this medicinal clothing, with medicinal clothing. And is this something you would, you would like, you know, do you have to just dye it once and those clothing work for a while like that, like dermally, do you think, or does it have to be re-soaked? I typically tell people five washes and then re-dye if you're using for medicinal purposes. So the dyes are color fast in the shirts that I sell um, Mm -hmm. in my online boutique. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, if you're looking for the medicinal effects, I would, you know, roughly say that Every time you do wash the garment, you're going to want to wash it in cold water with a real gentle soap and then line dry it. Something that I do with everybody who buys something from my my clothing company, you get a a bamboo clothespin. I really want to, you know, encourage people to line dry their items. You get a bag of nettle tea and you get a bamboo nettle Hmm. um, styling comb. Nice. So anyways, you would line dry the clothing in a shady area. And then, um, you know, I would say like up to five, five washes. When you receive the clothes, you'll, you know, you would open up the package and the smell is really powerful. Um, so, but anyways, that's that's kind of what I'm telling people, you know, I've been playing around with the, these things for a while, but that's what I'm really kind of reaching out for people. And this is why I am grateful for the opportunity to have this interview with you and, you know, hopefully this gets out to other plant people. You know, I'd love to really just get other people's um, perspectives on these, you know. Is yeah. it five washes? Is it ten washes? What are they finding? You know, because I think all of our experiences are, you know, always different. And um, so, and, yeah. Uh, and so, um, savagedesigns.net is you're, – you're able to uh, – work all this you know you're 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 sailing and you're able to run a company at the same time like (laughs) you are amazing how do you do this i can't seem to leave my house business it's always (laughs) like a team and i mean i uh am getting ready to head out to some very remote islands and we're going computerless for a few months and 
So my mom um, is on customer service. She's oh. granny, granny customer service. And then I've got everything, <laughs> you know, it's really the only way that I could do a business from so far away is that it's automated. And so I have, um, right. you know, everything really automated uh, for the orders that come in. Um, you know, if there's any returns or people have questions specifically, you know, there's an active uh, email address that my mom uh will be answering. And then I have different posts from blogs to Facebook that I've done up ahead of time. And then I also have somebody else monitoring our Facebook page. So right. I'm hoping that um, even from a boat far away, I can be sending loving energy to Savage Designs and that it can stay afloat by itself without me for a bit. Well, you, it, you, you know, you're just doing R&D right now. You're just going out and, you know, doing... You know, learning what's what's the next line of clothing. So that's that's, that's important. Yeah, I'm doing research, man. <laughs> research I'm and development. To straight up jungle, going deep. You never know I'm what going... plant you're gonna find. On, on what? Your, you never know what plant you're gonna find to die with next. Uh, oh but, yeah. But no, uh, I've been having yeah. fun. There's a there's I I couldn't believe it. I walked into this little shop um, to ask the woman the time, and. It was cool. I would wanted to kind of see her before we leave here. And uh, she had just gotten this book in on natural dyeing uh, from the Darien. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're headed to like that border between Panama and Colombia right now. And so those that's some of the plants that are in that book I'll have access to here in a few weeks. So wow. I'm really excited. It was a great score on a book. Nice. And so you can – folks can look at the clothing line there and also – um, the hair wraps you mentioned too, there too. The what? The wraps for the hair you said um, you, you mentioned earlier. Do you sell those there too? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, we have an online store. If you just go to savagedesigns.net, okay, yeah. um, you can click on store, and within there, there's a catalog, and we have clothing, but we also have these jungly dreads, which we call them, um, and they're. Uh, wild nettle it's the raw nettle before it's hand spun and woven so it's kind of this this raw hair looking uh fiber that we've designed into all kinds of different things we also have uh singing bowls and musical instruments from um the high elevation uh himalayas and we have a few um Kind of home interior things like nice. metal uh, placemats and table runners, and so a few odds and ends also, but most, mostly clothing. And so, yeah, you can find that all online. And we keep an active uh, Facebook page as well as Pinterest. Um, and uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so, you know, you're making this film now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks uh, may have not heard about your television show, and that is on the like Fios, Dish, and another network too, right? Um, so, how do folks find out about the two? I, I talked about that actually before we say how. Like, how did that come about? I mean, that's pretty amazing that you're you know were able to get on you know mainstream TV here and bring wild foods. Like, how did that happen, and how was that received? Um, I 
was like you said at the beginning of the show I was doing the 250 mile diet you know with folks up in northern Minnesota I was working at a tribal college and I was just like oh my gosh I want to do a wild food cooking show and um anyways there was uh not really an opportunity for that around there so I would I was like, well, I'm moving to L.A. That's where you're supposed to go, right, if you want to do a TV show. <laughs> so yeah, that's where Amanda McKay Crawford was. I with my was son too. and um, moved to L.A., um, Topanga Canyon. And, uh, you know, I got a job within a couple of weeks working for the State Park Service. And I just started doing wild food workshops on the weekends. And I was like, well, I'm just going to start working towards my dream. And I started doing YouTube videos. And so I just was having fun doing YouTube videos, and I just got a call one day from a producer in Texas who was like, well, we pitched this show, and they like it, but they don't want any, you know, meat in there. And so we're like, well, maybe we could do Wild Foods, and we found you. And I'm like, well, that's just great. I've been waiting for you to call. And within, like, two weeks, I had flown to um, to Dallas uh no yeah that's where it was <laughs> to dallas fort worth area and um you know signed a contract with them and i mean it, it just happened really really quickly so is, is it I kind of on ongoing? the road for a year, oh, a year living in an rv as we traveled through like 17 states filming um 20 episodes on wild foods you know that are common or uh abundantly available uh throughout you know, many of them throughout the world. So, yeah, is, that's is, how that started. How, how can people see those? And are they on DVD or like, you know, like for those without those networks? Because I don't have Dish or Fios. And I'd love to see. That. I've never seen them. So, I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen your I've seen your I've seen all your YouTube yeah. videos, you know, and you can easily to find you on YouTube. But uh-huh. yeah, but I never. Yeah, seen no, it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, you know, I'd really love to try and convince the network to, you know, to to either do it in DVD themselves or for, you know, to give us the rights to 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 just make them available to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, currently you can only watch the television series on television through Dish Network, Verizon FiOS, or Frontier. Um, Although I know that they recently signed a really large contract within the Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York, um, kind of this big swath of larger cities on the East Coast mm-hmm. also having more access to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, that's where we're at with, with, with viewing it. I, don't, I haven't had a TV in years myself, John. I don't, <laughs> I don't get to watch my own show, but it's out there. And uh, so, you know, call up a friend or, you know, if, you know, or write the network or, yeah. you know, if you want to see it, because it is a really high production quality. We right. had a very, very, very low budget, but it doesn't really show. I think my um, my producer director did a great job. Uh, we had a great team of about eight people that we traveled with to to get it done. And uh, so I think the the level is really high, and um, you know it goes through some some really great plants. And it's not just for folks in the U.S. I think you know many of them are. Um, you know, could be seen by a larger audience. Right, right. Well, okay. Well, I hope we get more of those and get DVDs or something at some point. We'll make sure everyone yeah. knows about them, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, but definitely, folks, go and just put Sunny Savage in on YouTube and the search bar there, and you can see lots of her stuff there. Um, 
Let's see. Um, well, what, uh, what, where do you, you know, where do you see yourself in you know, all these adventures that you're on right now? And where do you see yourself in another year from now? Well, gosh, what month are we? November. November. <laughs> First of November. Um, I think back on back on Maui, back in Hawaii. You mm-hmm. know, hopefully we'll have uh, sold our boat. We don't know if we're gonna, you know, have to live on the boat for a long time while we try and sell it. Um, that could put us on the on the east coast of the U.S. Um, but the general flow is moving towards uh, just living in a wonderful little jungle shack on the side of a hill in Maui and farming and uh, just working hard, just editing, editing, editing our (laughs) film and really um, getting our, we're we're trying to put out a curriculum that also goes with the film. We don't want to put pressure on ourselves, but, you know, we want to put a curriculum that goes with the film as well. So um, we really want to charge that for a year and, and, and get that out to folks because it's got a real current, you know, kind of feel to it with all the people we've been talking to as we've been sailing around. So that's kind of the plan, just farming and um, doing kind of unique custom um, medicinal clothing pieces in Hawaii and uh, working with the dye plants there, you know, the continued, you know, use of the wild foods and and farming and... um, and editing and homeschooling and what a what a story your son will have i mean you know sometimes i look at my kids compared to a lot of the other kids around like and i go wow what a cool life my kids have but that gosh it's like your son's all over the place and learning all that stuff it's amazing what a lucky little lucky little guy he is yeah Yeah. he's lucky he sure is a great kid really blessed (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh that's great did he do it did they go out for uh Halloween in uh, in Panama. <laughs> to do anything? Well, what do they do for funny, Day of the Dead? You know, I wanted to uh, make sure he had something special that he was doing, and uh, we had some issues with the boat yesterday afternoon, and he started to feel a little sick, and so the day kind of went on and on, and we made it to town later on, but. I got him all dressed up. I painted these rad tattoos all over his face and we even <laughs> bought hair gel. And then he was like, I don't want to do it. And he like crossed his arms and he wiped it all off his face and he slicked his hair back down. And <laughs> so then I, I put on a bunch of, I wove tons of nettle into my hair and put all this crazy stuff on my face. And we went to town and I bought him some candy. And, right. um, but nobody in Panama you know, really dresses up right. very much. There are quite a few Americans. I saw a few people around town who had a who had a few things, but we basically just cruised town. We did a trip to town, which is always a big deal, and um, yeah, just kind of had a mellow mellow evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, before you know, since we got a few minutes here, I, I guess I, you know, just thinking about a lot of people. You never know when they're listening to this show. Maybe it's their first time listening. Maybe it's their first time hearing about wild foods and wild plants. Um, in your journeys, what are a few of your favorite uh, wild plants as far as what and, and wild foods dishes that you've made with them, like from your journey and from your show or just in life or whatever? 
Because I, I wanted to know that from you because I'm like, what does Sunny Savage do? What does she make? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just kind of like every day, you know, it's, you got that foraging eye. So, I mean, one day you might have one little berry or something that you harvested or, you know, the next day you might have, oh, my God, I got to process 20 bags of stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um, I mean... Yeah, I had some lemongrass tea that I had harvested, you know, this morning. And I made some green bananas that are, you know, bananas are kind of feral around here. (laughs) Green bananas in a soup. And, um, you know, for me, the tropics are really new. And eating with the wild, eating with the season, eating, you know, whatever that is. You know, we're like in the tropics where it rains like year round, you know, like that high humid tropics that's kind of the same year round but um anyways just uh wow i mean it's such a huge question i i've <laughs> I know. i've had so many favorite things along the way um i've had to totally you know change with no refrigeration and wow. high humid high um you know there's, we just deal with a lot of things for our food um the way we do food but um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I just recently found the Janipa Americana. I had found the tree before, but I just recently got the dye. Um, so I guess that's not food, even though I have heard that the fruits, when they're fully ripe, I did only read this in one resource, so I don't know. But the fu- the fruits are also edible, apparently, when they're, like, really overripe or something. I don't know. Um but, yeah, that's been a real exciting plant for me to find. Um, they call it jaguar or the tattoo plant. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, John, I don't know. you got to give me more. Well, you know, well, I'm just thinking, <laughs> well, no, what I, I get from. I think of, like, some of my favorite wild yeah. foods, I am like, oh, my gosh, I so love um, saguaro cactus fruits. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're such a, like delicacy like you don't get to harvest very many and i don't want people to be out there like <laughs> yeah, yeah going to arizona for them but i would say I was just they're there just like a few one days of ago. my wow what a blessing like amazing i'm so grateful i got to have gotten to eat them in my life right. um and uh what else yeah i've got it's really hard to find greens in the tropics so there's a few little greens that i always get really excited when i can harvest greens in the wild around Mm -hmm. here um some little it sounds like it sounds like from you and your perspective being someone who's done so much with wild foods that you're and, and you sound so in the moment i think the answer for anyone wondering that kind of stuff is like well, just look outside. What's the season right now? Where are we? Because even in the dead of winter in uh, in um, you know Vermont, you can mm-hmm. walk out and and make pine needle tea, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe find some rose hips uh, left over on a bush and do something with those. So, I mean, from you know, I never really had this perspective, you know, before from just talking to you. You're just so in the moment where you're going or traveling. You're just kind of walk out in this like, all right, well what food is available at the moment and just learn kind of season by season, huh? Mm-hmm. That's such the great advice. You know, it's just changing your lens. You know, changing it's like you, <laughs> you you have a lens for the natural world and you're just looking at what's around you. What What is, you know, available in abundance and figure out how to use it. 
you know, just figure out how to use it. And if you need to process it to store it because you live in Vermont, then, you know, food processing is, you know, get get practicing that and get mm-hmm. get used to thinking about food and planning for food. So, yeah, I mean, whether it even be beans, you know, and you put them in and you're, you know, I'm soaking my beans you know, days before or so anyways, that food processing, but yeah, it's just looking at the natural environment with a different lens. What's, what's available, what's abundant and, um, eating with, with your bioregion, with your, you know, what, with what's, what's right there. I love that. Especially coming from a, a film, a filmmaker like yourself, changing your lens. Could it be more, mm. could it be more appropriate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, we talked about savagedesigns.net, and that's where you go check out the clothing and sunnysavage.com to kind of learn a bit about you and also to link to various things. Is the sailingmovie.com, that's with a V in the URL, URL the sailingmovie.com, is that kind of like, do you, have, do you blog there or like, you know, like, um, like, like how can people. Uh, kind of keep up with uh, the the recent adventures if they're, you know, wherever you're at. Yeah, well, I would say that our internet um, situation has not allowed us to really, like, develop the sailingmovie.com to its full potential. I would see it as being, like, a total, like, transmedia kind of site in the future. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of musician friends who are donating free music to the site, from discussion boards on these different trends that are happening. Like, it's going to be a pretty rockin' site. But right now, um, we just don't have the ability to kind of keep it up to date. So if people really want to um, keep up to date with our sailing adventure, um, you know, Facebook is the current, Mm. you know, that's kind of the one-stop check-in for us that we can communicate with friends and family and and folks who are interested um but please do visit the website because not only is it beautiful there is content that is starting to develop on there um including like an education page where you know we're really hoping to get different educators to different institutions Mm -hmm. to individuals who are you know contributing their thoughts opinions or curriculum on what kind of skills um, we need to learn for the future. And so I think some really exciting stuff will shape up on there along with the great music and, and um, other stuff. So, yeah, for folks who are really wanting the current event, like we're on Facebook. We're on Facebook um, and right. there's a Savage Designs Facebook page. There's a Sunny Savage Facebook page. There's a Sunny Savage fan page, which okay. I post, you know, more of the wild food stuff on. Um, there's the Savage Designs. There's the Jungly Dreads for the natural uh, nettle hair extensions. And then there's the uh, Sailing Movie um, also. Because so, that yeah. you can update from your or, phone. Or, I mean, we were on, we were on Facebook, right, uh, probably in each, uh, each other's phones or something. Uh, the other day you are in a boat and down there in the... And where you are way down south there and I'm way up in Arizona. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a hotel shuttle phone, van and we're going we back We have this forth. little internet stick oh, that okay. sometimes works. <laughs> it's not working today. So I'm, I'm at the internet cafe and we don't really can't do a lot of Skype from it. But right. we recently, you know, kind of got internet on our boat, which is awesome because we <laughs> um, also got enough solar panels finally to have some 
energy freedom. You know, our budget, our energy budget got a little bigger. So anyways, yeah. What's one, let's leave it with this before we say goodbye. Uh, One, you know, in the recent months and the work you're doing now, like revelation or aha moment that you've had something that's kind of been a bit transformative and, uh, you know, like I said, it's changed your lens. I don't want to put you on the spot there, but anything come to mind? (laughs) Oh, well, um, I would say our time with the Kogi in Colombia was really Mm -hmm. powerful for me. Um, And there was a Mamo that we spent a few weeks with, and he was in his 90s. And the first 18 years of his life, he lived in a cave and was never exposed to uh, sunlight, only starlight, moonlight only allowed to go outside of the cave at, in the evenings for stargazing and was also on many other protocols such as not eating salt for 18 years, etc. So this was a pretty like profound dude and he told me that you know the situation on our planet right now is just a little problem with the sun and the moon and some mm. larger stuff going on in the universe and that it'll pass and um, you know things would be all right because um, the larger message from the Kogi uh, is one of uh, you know very uh, severe warnings for humans on the earth right now that we are destroying ourselves and our planet and so you know when you find somebody who's got something hopeful to say uh, within the larger um, picture of, uh, you know, a pretty, uh, I don't know what you would call it. You know, there's a lot of, uh, stuff out there that says we're, we're facing some really serious challenges on Mm -hmm. the planet right now. So anyways, when you find that hopeful person, like that guy, you know, it really stuck with me. And so that would be a highlight. Well, that is changing your lens because it's changing your lens towards staying positive and doing great work for the world and, you know, looking for the positive message and the skills and everything we need to do to work together and have that respect that you were talking about earlier. And uh, so, you know, Sonny, it's been an amazing adventure just hearing about your life. I mean, it's totally inspiring and you're just an amazing you know, role model for all of us to get out and follow your passions, your visions, your dreams, and do positive work for the world, change that lens. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sonny. Thank you, John. I feel really honored. And thank you for your great work. Yeehaw. Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons, including Herb Mentor News, Home Remedy Secrets, and Supermarket Herbalism. You'll also find the Herbal Medicine Making Kit and our board game Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio. Copyright LearningHerbs.com. All rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.